Welcome to the Blackity Blackest of Black Black Blackest podcast you will ever hear in your life. (laughs) This This is is the Black community. Like, we need to work on an intro for real. We're going to get it together and, like, maybe by episode three, we'll have something, like, ready to go. Like, you know how YouTubers be? Like, Instagram. Everybody, (laughs) smash that like button. Pew, pew, pew. Button, turn the bell notification on so you can only be notified when we post a new content. Like, we gotta get a script going. Okay, um, as long as it doesn't start with it's your girl, I hate those. Yeah. <laughs> I hate those. I'd be like, first of all, I don't know you. I'm like how crying. dare you try to be a close friend? It's your girl. No, it's not. How dare you your try name, to be a close friend? Facts. <laughs> your name is Sandra. Just say it's I'm Sandra. Sweet. Like, nah, I, I hate you. Those. I hate that too. Well, let's tell the people a little bit about us, Labria. I mean, I could talk about uh, you all day, doctor. Please. We are in the presence of a doctor. <laughs> Do y'all know that a future oh doctor? My. Yes. Um, I hate talking about myself, so I'm sure that Imani's uh bio that she will give will be much more um. <laughs> fluid and uh rich you know um i my name is labria as she's already said um that's my government name nobody really calls me that though so um brie la lp whatever the name is you know it's your girl no let me stop (laughs) Uh, (laughs) i am an educator um, yes. I am a doctoral student. Thank you. Thank you. You know, I'm trying. Um, I'm a doctoral student. Um, that's weird to say. That's fresh though, y'all. Like, yes, we only been a weekend. So. It don't matter. <laughs> it don't matter. You halfway there. What's up? Yeah, halfway. halfway. What's up? But yeah, um, I'm looking forward to finishing my program. Um, what else? I'm a creative. Um, clearly a podcast host now that's yes. adding to the resume. Yeah. Um, I'm a business owner. Yeah. Launching my business yes. soon, probably hopefully trajectory June 2021. Soon come. Um, Safi Amani is a consulting firm. You said it's what? It's a consulting firm. You feel me? It's no. a firm that consults, no. you know? Um, working primarily with black and indigenous people of color who identify as creatives to make their dreams and their visions a reality. I'm a vision sparker. So I am super excited to just finally be recording this podcast. I feel like for all of the promo that we have been doing, like we have been so anxious to record this first episode. And it feels so surreal to be like, all right, now the time has come. (laughs) So that's that's me. Did I miss anything? I don't think so. I mean, you missed that your skin is clear as hell. (laughs) You missed that you be glowing, that the lashes be on fleek. The brows is never messy. The hair is never unkept. You missed the nails is always done. 
You missed that part, but it's fine. It's fine. I will fill the people in on your flawless. They can't see me, though. It don't matter. I want to create the imagery. She has the clearest skin I have ever seen in my life before. Because that's what happens when you black and unbothered. (laughs) When you mind your business. When you mind your business and you drink your water. That's what happens. Period. Period. Tell them about you, sis. Enough about me. What, What is going on, Empress? Melanie um, um, what is good? Well, my name is Imani Antoinette Whiteherd. Um, period. Period. Whole government. So now you know I am a black activist, meaning that I am an activist for all things yes. black, black joy, black luxury, black love, black mental health. Mm-hmm. I am a body positive mm-hmm. activist as well. All my fat femmes, all my fat kings out there, I'm out here repping y'all and loving on y'all. Um, I am a content creator. I create podcasts. I create short films. I yes. create short stories. I'm just out here creating, trying Tell to... Tell them what's coming up. Oh. What about the fave? Okay, yes. So, if you didn't know, I already have a podcast called Cashmere and Friends, and it's for yes. adults. It's adult content Adult only. only. <laughs> adult only. Let me tell you something. If you a saint and you a real saint, saint, don't be letting the podcast touch your ears, okay? This is for mature adult audiences. If you only. listen to Donnie McKirkland, don't listen to mine. <laughs> if you listen to Frank Kurt Franklin, you can get away with it. Because it's two different spectrums right. of Christianity. Because right. you True. know Kirk be out there with chance to rap in them. <laughs> out here doing challenges and stuff. Right. But, um, yeah, so the phase is a new project that I'm working on that's going to be dropping in spring. And you're going to hear um, a, 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 a Labria on the podcast as well. So she out yeah. here with her acting debut. Yeah, period. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to get an Academy Award. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to quit my job. <laughs> That's all I'm trying to say. I'm trying to I'm trying to walk in it and quit my job. I mean, let me not say that too crazy because <laughs> even though I'm dead serious, like <laughs> let me not say that too crazy because people might be listening or whatever. Said, um, yeah, that's basically who I am. I am a child of God. Yes. I am a child of the people. Um, I am a servant of the people. Um, mm-hmm. I love black people so much; it don't make no sense. So this is true. Why? Why did we want to start this podcast? Why did we want to start? How did the black community come to be this baby that we're we're raising? Yeah, it's crazy because it was originally like your baby, you know, mm. in a different form, and Imani started doing um, like Instagram lives with people in the black community essentially and in a very early episode of her black community installment she had reached out to me and was like oh um do you want to do an episode together I did and it was I don't even know if ironic is the right word to use Mm. but it's like it was a shift going on in general because that's when Versus first started coming out and Erica and Jill had just done their Versus battle. Mm-hmm. So I feel like there was just really an energy shift in general with Black women having transparent conversations mm-hmm. um, and healing conversations mm-hmm. or creating spaces for healing. And 
it was the first time that I had been on live ever. Really? And yes, that was my first time doing an Instagram live. What? Crazy. And then after that, it was just such a edifying conversation that I really wasn't expecting that many people to be tuned in people like they were. People were feeling it. People was it really was feeling our crazy. conversation like they were. The vibe, yes, the vibe was insane. And I think we had got cut off for the first hour and it didn't even feel like an hour went it by didn't. to me. It didn't. And we're like, all right, we're going to come back on. And we're thinking, all right, I, well, I'll say I was thinking, you know, maybe when we come back on, maybe it'll be another 10 minutes and then we'll just close out because people not going to like hop back on. But people were like, I know people were DMing me and texting me like, what happened? Are y'all getting back? back. Like, it was just like, back. like uh, a crazy, crazy energy. So we got back on for another hour and literally talked until the time dwindled down. And I remember crying after that. And I was sending Amani a voice note, like, thank you for this because it really like taught me something about myself that I didn't know. Like I didn't know that I had the capacity to be like, a public speaker, which is ironic because I'm an educator and I publicly speak daily mm-hmm. from my job. Mm-hmm. But just in that capacity where I felt confident in my thoughts and my ideas and that I was sharing and it was helpful to somebody um, because a lot of the thoughts that we talked about so candidly, you know, that's our daily conversation. Yeah. People don't know that. Yeah. Like, so this is all very natural for us. And I think that was the inception of seeing like, yo, like I already know me and Amani vibe and have these conversations mm-hmm, mm-hmm. all the time. But it was like, oh, shoot. Like people are really seeing our authenticity and running with that. So that's from my perspective, that's kind of how black community evolved into this duality that we have here I mean we're still going to have guests and stuff like that in the future but I I think that the the essence of what came of that first live is we just were hungry for that that high again so like to keep perpetuating that in in now podcast form yeah that's my perspective what you think? What was your experience? I mean, everything that you said and mm-hmm. and you said everything so beautifully. I think okay. what really did it for me was the the innate way that we were able to just connect and uplift one another. Mm-hmm. Like you said, with the Jill Scott and the Erica Badu, like a lot of people were coming and loving on each other especially right. Black women. And that's something that we need to see more often. That's something that the media tells us that doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. And I think when we got on the live and we were talking about heavy stuff, we were talking about George Floyd. We were talking about Breonna Taylor. We were talking about police mm-hmm. brutality. We were talking about what it meant to be Black in America during that time, which was 
when Black Lives Matter was really put on the forefront because of police killings and the world was actually paying attention. Mm-hmm. So I think for us to be able to pour into each other, not only just the community, but into each other was just a beautiful thing for me. And I Absolutely. think that every time we get on a live, every time we have a conversation publicly, people are just invested. Mm-hmm. And they're just so in tuned into the natural energy that you and I have when we're together that we yeah. were just like, let's fuck it. Let's do it and do a podcast. Right. <laughs> What's good? We two girls from New York. We didn't right. mention that. We from the hood or whatever. True, true, true. <laughs> like, she in North Carolina right now, but do not play her. She from Mount Vernon. Please. From the screen. I am not a Southern Belle <laughs> at all. <laughs> at all. Okay? And you can't hear the vowel on all? <laughs> know that I'm not from here. <laughs> okay. What Black holidays do you think that we should be observing? like community-based or influenced holiday. (laughs) Yeah. I think that, and I don't know if this is a holiday, but I think a lot of my uh, brainstorming was around like coming of age kind of events. Mm -hmm. So I think that something that we should celebrate in the Black community is when you elevate as a cook, to be able to bring a main dish mm-hmm. to a holiday event, I think that there needs to be a speech. I think you need to be awarded with your own cast iron skillet. Maybe it should be engraved with the family crest, if you will. If you don't have a family crest, make one. Like I, I think that that should be an entire ceremony to say, you know what? We actually trust you to not bring napkins and soda to the holiday party. No, I think that's legit. That's legit. Do you feel like you'd be awarded your own cast iron skillet where you are? Listen, you know, I'm I'm a vegan, so you already know black people have a problem with me when it comes to holidays because <laughs> they don't understand. They're like, oh, we made you some potato salad. Mm, can't have the mayonnaise that has the eggs in it. Okay, well, we made you some mac and cheese that don't have no meat in it. Again, can't have the milk. So I don't think they grasp the concept of what it is to be vegan. Okay. If I was in a vegan household, could I earn a cast iron skillet? Absolutely. I think I, even this past holiday between Thanksgiving and Christmas, and I contributed to the meal because it was just, you know, because of COVID, it was just me and my parents. They honestly loved my food. And that's saying a lot because... If they didn't, they would tell me. <laughs> <laughs> it would be in a nice little Christian way, but they would let me know that my food is not slapping. So at this point, yeah, I think I could earn my own cast iron skillet. Okay. I think for me, I do desserts. I'm on dessert duty. Okay. Um, okay. That's so. important. It's important. I'd be doing my little red velvet cake or whatever. Yeah. Um, but aside from that, like, I think I'm able to start bringing the greens 
Okay. Because I feel really confident in my my collard my collard greens. I feel confident. That's a staple. I, feel like I know what I'm doing. I feel like I know what I'm doing. I trust you. I would trust I you that. with with any like vegetarian type dish, any vegetable. I would trust you with. I appreciate. Um, because y'all and y'all can't taste her food because obviously you're just listening to a podcast. But her lentils, well, you thought you had lentils before, and then you have Imani's lentils, and you're like, oh, "Wow, this is what lentils is supposed to taste like." Are you kidding? They're the bomb. So I appreciate you, Lila. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um. So we are releasing this on Martin Luther King Day. Blackity black black. black. Shout out to Dr. King. Shout out to Dr. King. Either doctor that you celebrate the one from the boondocks or the one in real life. Bruh, that is my favorite. <laughs> when I say top three favorite boondocks episodes of all time, I mean of all time. <laughs> like, what was that, that is the doc. Oh, that's so hard. It's between, it's between black entertainment television is not a, or Michael Jackson is not a, a genre of music. <laughs> or like, <laughs> yo, it's so much. Like, I've seen the other side and I've seen over the horizon, and it's not gonna be easy getting there. And I'm not getting, I'm not going there with you. I'm going to Canada. I'm done with y'all. He said, I am done. Y'all can march by yourselves. And I promise you, he was in the crib talking to Coretta just like that. You know what? I'm really done. After Selma, I'm really done with y'all because y'all doing too much. Y'all don't listen. Y'all still want to be them Negroes that don't want change. And people, first of all, (laughs) I have to teach, well, Dr. King is coming up a lot in my unit Mm -hmm. now that I'm teaching because we're learning about Claudette Colvin, Mm -hmm. who was a teenager that sat on the, refused her seat on the bus before, before Rosa Parks, you know, she was a teenager and she wasn't chosen for the movement because she was darker. Uh, her hair was a different texture. They thought that she was uncontrollable and volatile and profane and all, all these misconceptions. She she was from the hood, so it was a socioeconomic issue. Ah, 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 right? And it, it's crazy because when you really look at Dr. King's speeches, I mean, outside of I Have a Dream, because there's so much other things that Dr. King has said. Mm-hmm. In his his speech for um, the March on Washington for Jobs and Freedom, <laughs> he literally had a portion of his speech talking about America has given Black people a bad check. <laughs> it has bounced. You promised us good money and your check has bounced. And I just, he said it in the most eloquent way, but bad checks is a direct quote. He said, America has given the Negro a bad check. (laughs) 
And I want that highlighted <laughs> more than I have a dream because it's not just about the, he wasn't just yes in love and you know love drives out hate mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not mm-hmm. diminishing that but like we really need to uplift these these ancestors and I it's crazy even calling him an ancestor because it's it's really not that long ago exactly. that he was alive or this movement um, happened. Um, I'm pretty sure if he was still alive, he would, it would make sense for him to be alive at the age that he's supposed to be. You feel me? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, like I, I, I think that we need to tell the whole truth about when we you know share stories that can be cliche you know we we kind of and I was reading this in an article recently it's like we can kind of minimize the the movement to Martin Martin stood and Rosa sat and Malcolm was like splat, splat, splat. Like we ready to doctor the What? That, no, I'm just like, I'm just like, we, try, we really try to doctor Seuss this. Like the whole civil rights movement was about Rosa on the bus and Martin standing up and right and Malcolm X was ready to splat, 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 mink, mink, mink. Like. <laughs> I think we need to broaden our horizons. Okay, sidebar. Mink, mink, mink (laughs) is one of my favorite sound effects. (laughs) That and boop, like, those are two of my favorite sound effects. Same. So my question to you is, you know, when we're thinking about Martin Luther King Day, and, you know, obviously we're going to start thinking about other civil rights um, leaders, do you Mm. think that they would be proud of us now Mm. in the way that we've been coming out um, against Trump and racism and sexism and all the isms do you think that they would be like okay look at these young people gathering together to Mm. really fight for for equity I think maybe some of the methodologies of activism or, or modern activism may be lost upon them just because of the integration of social media and the internet is such a big deal. But I do think that they would have a sense of pride that we are becoming more no-nonsense, becoming more intolerant and constantly pushing for, for justice, especially, I think, our generation and even the generation after us, um, I think, are very insistent in things being being fair and equitable and equal. Mm-hmm. Um, even even when I have observed in as young as fifth grade classrooms this year virtually, you know, I hear so much discourse coming from a ten year old <laughs> about understanding the necessity of pronouns or understanding what's going on in the world. So I think that um, because we have the leverage of social media, we have the power to um, explain 
power and privilege Mm -hmm. and justice at earlier ages where we don't have to let children's introduction to activism be trauma all of the time. Like we have resources to give them a more positive introduction to activism. I think I think that's something that our ancestors and those who lived through the civil rights movement and are very much still alive because it yeah. wasn't that long ago. Um, I think that's something that was very essential to their story, um, but may not have been essential to ours. Um, on the other hand, I think we can all agree that we see America regressing to a place that looks very similar to what these activists have saw, seen on a daily basis, you know, in mm-hmm. terms of the the blatant racism, like just not hiding it anymore. The, the need or the desire for segregation, um, you know, the name calling, the dogs, the police brutality. Like, yeah. I, I pro- like, I promise you all we need to do is put 2020 in black and white and compare the two, you know? So um, I definitely think there's a lot to be proud of, um, but I I think there's a lot that we can learn from from how they conducted themselves during the movement as well. It's funny because I had a conversation with my grandmother um, when George Floyd and Breonna Taylor um, were murdered. And my grandmother was like, it's just amazing seeing these young people just gathered together. Mm. And it just brings back so many memories. Mm. Um, she was like, I don't, I'm not happy with the looting and stuff like that, but I'm happy that everyone is getting together. And we joked about it. And, I'm, and I was like, you'd be happy if I bought you back a TV. And she was <laughs> like, yes, I'll take it. And I'm just like, okay, girl, so please. Um, but I think one thing that we're doing well as a generation is we are recognizing that the family dynamic is a very important and very important Mm. weapon that we have. And I think we are rethinking the way that we were raised, like the support Mm. emotionally that we had, the spiritual support that we had, Mm -hmm. the nurturing, the amount of or lack thereof. Um, Mm -hmm. And we're reteaching that stuff to ourselves so that when we have children, we're not repeating that cycle of abuse. And I think starting at home, starting with the children, um, that's such a important and a, and a strong defense. Mm-hmm. What do you think your contribution to the movement has been so far? I'm not going to say that I've made an extreme dent, <laughs> but I think being an educator is a form of activism within itself. Um, because I carry the responsibility to um, make my students privy to what's going on in the world around them and challenge them to be the world changers that I know that they are capable of being. Um, and it it is a challenge being someone who identifies as an activist who is shaping and molding the minds of children every day and not look at activism as something that needs to be forced upon Mm. people. You can't force activism upon people. So I think um, teaching refines my definition of activism and 
allows me to hold space for respecting everybody's introduction to activism. You know, everybody is not going to be on the front lines. Everybody's not going to be, you know, putting themselves at risk for violence, um, for, you know, rioting, for uh, being pepper sprayed. And, you know, like, yeah. that's there there are a section of people for for that and I'm not just to clarify not saying that rioting is a part of activism or part of the definition of activism but it's definitely um a reflection of the anger yeah that is not able to be expressed through activism um and there there are people who are organizers you know, there are people who use their social media platforms to push people to vote, you know, um, and not just vote nationally, but uh, vote in their local elections mm-hmm. and people who make things plain for uh, these these intricacies that often aren't approached with. Um, common language and user-friendly language there are people who dismantle all of those barriers for understanding and everybody's equally important Mm. in this in this part and I think we as activists would become stronger if we were able to acknowledge that simple fact that just because your activism doesn't look like mine doesn't mean it's not any less valid um so I I think that I show up by showing up for the future (laughs) every day um I think I show up by you know reminding myself that even as a black identifying woman identifying person that I still have the duty to be anti-racist. I still have Mm -hmm. the duty to, and I think we had a conversation about this either earlier, I don't know if it was earlier in the episode or earlier before we recorded this about um, the decolonization process of decolonizing your thoughts, decolonizing your friends list and your social circles, decolonizing your ideas, uh, you know, around major things that can open doors for oppression. Um, I think that just making that conscientious choice is is also a way that I show up. Mm. So how do you, how do you feel? And I'm, also interested in hearing about like you know your work specifically with dear black women and people listening to this may not know your journey with dear black women but do you consider that um a form of activism or a part of how you show up I see it as a part of the way that I show up Mm -hmm. um and it's so crazy because when I think of activism and how I, um, or the ways that I, I, I perform it, um, mm-hmm. I don't ever think of their Black women. That's a, wow, that's a good question. Look at you. Um, 
Um, no, for real. Like I see my activism is the relationship that I'm building with myself. Mm. And it's going back to the comment I made about us looking inward. Mm-hmm. Um decolonizing what mental wellness means. You have to start with the mind. You have to start with how you're seeing yourself Mm -hmm. um, against your white counterparts. You have to start with how you're loving on yourself, how you're showing up as your full self all the time. It's really important for me to show up as myself, my full Mm -hmm. self at all times. Mm -hmm. And I mentioned before, like I I don't code switch anymore at the office. Mm -hmm. I try not to. Because I feel like me showing up as Imani, my authentic self, speaking the dialect of my people, of where yeah. I come from, um, where I feel most safe, that mm. is an act of rebellion. And that's also mm. me telling the people of color in the room that, look, I'm, I'm here. Your cousin mm. is here. What's up? Like, I'm acknowledging you and your comfort and your, and your way to, to kind of identify with somebody else that understands what your truth is. Mm. You know? So... I come to the table, girl, just like yes. this. Talking what do just you like this? And and as you should, and as you should. And what would your piece of advice be to those who are maybe listening and trying to find their space in activism um, and where they fit? Um, because it does take courage and a boldness, like you said, to code switch or not see the need to code switch especially mm-hmm. in white dominated spaces. And I think that that definitely requires a level of inner inner growth to make that outer change. So mm-hmm. what would your advice be to an aspiring activist that wants to do the work? Like what would your key pieces or piece of advice be? That's a good question. Um identify which part of the movement sets a blaze inside of you Mm. because for me it's black women Mm -hmm. you know how i get with black women yes labria yeah i love me some black women and Mm -hmm. it's nothing that i wouldn't do for y'all or us Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that wakes me up that Mm -hmm. that pushes me when i don't feel like i belong in spaces yeah, that pushes me when I forget how great I am. So like you mentioned the mm. work that I do with Dear Black Women, when I see how we or those women come together from not knowing each other, all parts mm-hmm. of the world, yeah. um, different narratives, they're still supporting each other. They're still holding space for one another. Even as Black women in our grief, we still can hold space for everybody else. Yes. Mm-hmm. And when I think about the work that I do with that and with those women, I think about how great I am because I am a Black woman. Find what burns inside of you mm. because that is going to be your motivator. That is going to be the the why when you don't want to enter into spaces, when you're like, dang, I'm really an introvert, but I got wanna, I need to just push myself out there and I need to really just speak up on behalf of my people. That will mm-hmm. rip you out of your comfort zone because that fire is going to burn brighter than any insecurity that you have. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's really good. That's really good. I th- I think um, to piggyback off of that, um, once you find what 
causes you to burn that passion, that that drive. I think it's also accepting that part of activism is resting. Mm-hmm. And when things, when you're passionate about anything, right? Like you want to hit the ground running. You want to do all of the things simultaneously. And you may put yourself in the center of the hub of knowledge and and new coming articles and videos and you're filling yourself with so much information like for the sake of being informed and I think that you know we can neglect our trauma centers when we inundate ourselves with too much Mm. of of that information because what causes us to burn is also part of our pain right and rightfully so and I think that needs to be addressed um that it's okay that if it becomes too much to switch your social media indulgence to just looking at funny cat and dog videos or not being on social media at all. Like whatever rest looks like to you, whatever rejuvenation looks like to you, it needs to be practiced in order to be effective. It's not Mm. something that should just be done where you're like, okay, now I've been introduced to activism. I am acclimated to activism and now I'm burnt out. Yes. It's better if you go in with the knowledge that... I'm going to do things to the best of my ability um, and inform myself to the best of my ability. And I am also, before I reach a breaking point, going to make the conscious decision to say, I am going to take a rest here. And that is not giving up your fight. That is saying, just like any boxers in the ring, the match only lasts so long before you have to return to your corners and you know, get patched up, get some Mm -hmm. water in you, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's Mm -hmm. all to prepare them for that next round. So I say, make sure that you take time to rest and also see your rest as radical. See your rest as preparation for that phase two, that phase three, whatever phase you may be in personally. But just yeah. just see rest as that that launching pad for rejuvenation to push forward. That is beautiful. Did you hear what you just said? Uh, I will when we yeah. <laughs> launch this episode. <laughs> that was nice. Damn. Thanks. You know. So lighthearted. Yes. Are there any other holidays or moments in Black culture that we need to recognize? Like. One holiday that I think that we need to have is Kirk Franklin Day. Her yes. Franklin is the GOAT. Like, yes. I feel like every year should be based on an album. Yes. Like, and we just keep yes. that theme going every, just like annually. Oh my God. Like, because I need a Hosanna Day. I need a Hosanna Day. I need melodies from heaven. Like, I need to just be immersed in the spirit that is Kirk Franklin. Have you ever listened to Kirk Franklin in interviews? I have I have not. Not such recently. a beautiful speaker. Such a beautiful speaker. 
And he has such a way with words that it's not surprising if you're familiar with his music. Lyrics Mm -hmm. are impeccable. But just, like, literally talking about um, his perspective on life and Christianity and just being a believer in general and, like, linking that to humanity, he has such interesting perspectives and needed perspectives. Um, So if you ever get an opportunity to watch one of his interviews, you should. But I said that to say that I would love it to be coupled with, you know, every year, like we get a dissect of an album. Where were you when you wrote this? What was you going through? What was the inspiration? Like, like I would just love to be under his tutelage to just hear <laughs> how this brilliance comes up out of him. And honestly, and we're going to speak life into this podcast. Kirk Franklin, I know you're listening. I know this is I know this is ringing throughout your house whether you have Alexa, whether you have uh some Google device, whether you just have a smart home that those of us who are not financially as blessed yet don't see that type of technology in our cribs. But whatever you're listening on right now, even if it's on your personal device, Mr. Franklin, can I call you Kirk? <laughs> I just hope that you hear our hearts cry and give the people, meaning me and Amani, and I'm yes. sure millions of others, give us what we need. Yes. And we need a national Kirk Franklin Day. Where we just stop in the name of Jesus. Period. And the T. Stop in the name of the Lord. I think another holiday that I would want, going with the theme of having a theme every year, mm. I think that the concept of Throwback Thursday should be legit a thing. Like, yes, day party, FUBU one year, Coogee the next year, Baby Fat the other year, Rock Aware the following year, G-Unit the next... Like, like I-, I just need all of the Blackness in fashion to show up. Or, like, a Black Fashion Week... would be fire and like for it not to be in like these European cities or like New York California like New York City Manhattan like LA like give me Harlem give me Atlanta and let it be big let big names be there local names be there like that that would be absolutely fire it would be like fashion week and essence fest like merged and had a baby imagine that insane insane who would you want to headline that event i've been listening to a lot of burner boy okay um so i'm gonna have to say burner boy right now mm-hmm. um i just want him to I just, first of all, I want Rihanna's people to organize the shows because her shows are always no. That's a fact. Pieces of art. That is a fact. I only saw her fashion her fashion show recently 
when you came to visit because I hadn't seen it before then. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like you and your team are really using every part of your brain. It's amazing. The level of creativity. It's an experience. And excellence. It's just excellent. You know? Um, I think I just need the first year just needs to be it has to be the TBT. So I need reunions. I need to okay. see a Murphy Lee. I need to see a St. U- Nelly and the St. Lunatic <laughs> when we hit the down south era when okay. we hit the uptown era. Like okay. I need to see bedazzled um bandanas. I love yes. me some bedazzled. I know. Bandanas. I know. Excuse me. She's being very quiet because she's very serious. <laughs> Just for the listeners. <laughs> yeah. I'm it's serious. It. It's I know. Serious. I'm 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 being loud for you. She has an unexplainable obsession with early 2000s hood fashion and hood culture I do because it's so (laughs) beautiful it's just it was just such a time to be alive and it was carefree for sure it was carefree and I wish that I was this age during that time so that I Mm. could experience it Mm. I feel that. So I could have my low rider jeans. Yeah. And my and my belly button ring. Yeah. Like Okay. I, I feel that. I feel I'm in full support of your aesthetic dreams. Because they will come true. I appreciate that. Eventually. I, I think for headliners for me, I know like we talked about reunion and TBT for the first year. I just I desperately want to see Toby and Wigwe again. I've Mm. seen him in concert already. Anywhere Toby Mm. goes, I'm going to go. If Toby is there, if if he's not even on a main stage, I'm going to go. And I'm going to wait for him and his beautiful, beautiful family to show up on the stage. And I'm sure Amani is laughing because she knows how I feel about Toby. And she especially knows how I feel about fat. Fat? Wow. What a woman. (laughs) What a woman. I mean, just renaissance woman, skin on 20 million, clear, okay? Clear. I need a Jill Scott, like, yes, intimate tent. Yes, like, I was just, just a thinking really yes. small, intimate space where she is just breathing yes. life into the people. Yes, incense. I want incense on the table. Don't put no candles on the table, yes. put incense on the table. I want low red lights. Okay. I want a vibe. I want all of the drinks available to be named after literary giants. I want to feel like I left this room 
and just notice that my skin is doused Doused. in shea butter. I want to leave and like have started year five of my (laughs) lock journey and I didn't even go in with locks. I want to go in and find out that my credit score has increased 100 points. I want to leave and find out that like I I am now thick. I came in slim thick, now I'm just thick. <laughs> like I want to leave a better person and I know that Jill Scott will do that. I me. just I want this to happen. Like I just feel like why why can't we have a Fashion Week meets Essence Fest sprinkled with a little bit of Afropunk. So, girl, letting people know a little bit more about us. What I want to talk about some opinions, unpopular opinions that we okay. may have. What is an unpopular opinion that just sit like a hill that you would die on? Oh boy. Um, I guess this is a controversial one in the black community, but I don't believe that sugar belongs in grits. I don't believe that grits belong on the table, but that's a whole You want to unpack that, sis? What did the grits do to you? Grits taste Grits are nasty. 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 Is it the texture? What do you not like about grits? It's like sand milk. It's unnecessary. Who's making your grits? (laughs) Every grits that I ever had in my life just tastes like sand. And it's just not. Somebody is undercooking your grits. Girl, well, the Waffle House undercooked it. I have uncooked it. My grandmother undercooked it. Like, I just... Oh, don't. not your grandmother. That was the first... And my grandma's from the South South. Like, she from Charleston, wow. South Carolina. Like, she out here. She marched what? with Martin Luther King and him. Like, she was in the Civil Rights Movement. So, you know that her hands was blessed. But seriously, <laughs> I just can't get with grits. I can't. Okay. Okay. I can. I can respect that. But who is putting sugars in their grits? Is it people supposed to put, be sweet? I, I don't know. That's what that's what I'm saying. I don't feel as though if I'm having grits and well, y'all, if y'all don't know, I'm a vegan, so my grits are made a little differently anyway. Um but if I wasn't a ve- when I wasn't a vegan, if I'm having grits and eggs and sausage and waffles, like Mm. I don't want sugary grits. Like, why would I ever put sugar in my grits? Like, I feel like grits should be savory. Like, if you have shrimp and grits, you're going to have sweet grits with your shrimp? <laughs> that's, yeah, that's that's the hill that I'm going to die on. I don't put sugar in my grits or my spaghetti. I don't like sweet spaghetti. Oh I my god, this my reminded spaghetti. me. Oh no, 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 no. See, this this is what I'm talking about. There's a difference in before y'all come for me. There's a difference in if you're making a fresh sauce, right? Mm-hmm. And you're trying to cut the acidity of the That's tomato what I do. with sugar. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about people that serve me a plate of sweet. 
spaghetti. <laughs> I don't want sweet spaghetti. I, I promise you, when I when I first went away to college, right? Mm-hmm. And this is this is not so much another unpopular opinion, but more of a fact. Like New York pizza is unmatched. Like you're not. Don't True. don't come talk to me about Chicago. I don't want to hear about no deep dish like that pie, that lasagna. That's not even pizza. I don't want to hear about that. I've never had deep I'm dish. Talk- you don't need it. Why would you want deep dish pizza? You you have lasagna, right? You eat ziti, right? You you can get the same effects. Like deep dish pizza has to go. So New York pizza is unmatched. When I went to school, I went to school right outside of Pittsburgh and they were like I I think I was in a club or something like that and they were like yeah we're ordering pizza or whatever and I'm like maybe I should go and you know get food before the the meeting you know Mm -hmm. so I don't be hungry because if this pizza is garbage like it's a dub they're like, oh my gosh, like this is the best, best pizza ever. I think it was called Joyo's or something Joe-yo? like that. First of first of all, I don't trust no 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 no. Joey O's sound like an Italian an Italian cereal is what it sounds ah! like. It sounds like <laughs> bodega cereal. Joey O's. I th- I don't trust that. I don't trust that. I need the I need the pizza parlor to be completely unrelated to the pizza itself. I need uh Alfredo's. What that gotta do with pizza? I don't know, but their pizza fire over there though. I love New York pizza. It's a it's dead a name of a pizza shop in Mount Vernon. Please, like I, I need your pizza shop name to be unrelated to the pizza itself. I just want you to put dollar slice, uh, just a, a dollar sign in a one in, in your window and don't have a name at all. That's how I know your pizza is good. Joeyos? You have to be kidding me. So, Amani, I tasted this pizza and do you know it tasted like a, a cinnamon roll no, it with didn't. cheese on it. I promise you, it tasted like the bread in the sauce was giving me very much strawberry jam and the ch- cheese. What type pie. of slice did you order? Was it a dessert It slice? was a regular cheese slice. They told me their sauce is sweet and that's what makes the pizza good. I said, you're big bugging. Sweet, sweet pizza? Sweet pizza? The, and these are the, the people that have the audacity to be like, ew, pineapples don't go on pizza. But you eating dessert pizza with cheese. Do y'all hear the intensity in this woman's voice? Yeah, nah, nah, nah. Joey I'm sorry, Joey I'm sorry, I'm sorry. If you get a new sauce rep- uh, recipe and some vegan cheese, I'll give y'all a try again next time I'm in the hood. But like... I I I I can't. It was nasty. So I feel like tomato sauce mm-hmm. and sugar like should not be mixed so much that it is now sweet. That is the point that I'm trying to make. Okay. Okay. I think an unpopular opinion that I have that I've been it's been on my heart for a while now. Mhm. I think Beyonce needs to be single. <gasps> right? 
I have just been sitting, you know, <laughs> with this for some time now. I think why Beyonce and Jay Z have done what they needed to do, and I think that she just needs to start a new journey on her own and be so and stay single, like just stay by herself. I, or... I mean, if she wants to remarry another man, go ahead. But I just, I just. I just, I don't know. I just feel like, how do you cheat on Beyonce Knowles? I I feel like, and maybe this is room for another pod, why people cheat. But I, I, I honestly, I can't fathom on paper, like, who you would go to Ooh. after Beyonce. Like, who do you cheat? On and what are you getting out of that? It's not even like, oh, she is the most beautiful woman on earth. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying that she puts a lot on the table. She brings the table. She bends yeah. over and she is the table. Beyonce <laughs> is the table. What is we talking about? Like, and you want to cheat yeah. on her? Like, when we get invited to the Barack Nation brunch, because we will, I've been manifesting this for After a long this episode? time. I mean, you just, <laughs> you just said, I mean, you know what? They should get divorced, but please send the invite. To I the mean, we party. can we can add that to the Patreon content, so Jay Z won't hear it. But <clears throat> you're killing me. Tonight. I feel like the second time that we get invited, because the first time <laughs> I'm gonna act right because I want to come back. So you know, I'm gonna just look nice. I'm be happy. I'm gonna be taking pictures of everybody black. Right. But the second time, I just want to have a conversation with Jay and be like, yo, Sean, what's up? <laughs> Not his government. Like, what's good? Like, we... From one Brooklynite to another. Like, he, like my, mom, good? my mom knew Jay-Z when he was younger because he... Stop. The projects that I grew up in, I grew up in wow. Tompkins Projects and he grew up in Marcy Projects. And I, that's literally a hop, skip, and a jump away. Wow, that's crazy. Like, you have to, coming from the train station, you have to pass Marcy to get to where my grandmother lives. Mm. So, I just want to be like, yo, Sean, what's good? Like, what happened, bro? Like, what was going on Mm. emotionally? Because it's Beyonce. Like, I don't want to approach him like, is you dumb? I don't want to do that. (laughs) Because I want to come back for the third time. But I just want to (laughs) know what was on your biscuit. Right. Like Beyonce, Beyonce, yeah. the slayer of edges. She got my edges, your edges, his edges in her pocket. <laughs> like she does not. Beyonce does not wear mink lashes. She wears the lashes of the people. She's it's like please like enough. <laughs> the edges of the people that she has just stolen from. And I she want wears to them on her eyes. I want to mute your mic. I want to tell the truth. So. Now that we've talked about our holidays, we've talked about so much this episode. This was jam-packed. We're coming to the end. You know, I feel like, you know, you ever watched, um, what was it, no, Out of the Box? Never, I don't, I don't, I don't never had cable. You, do, oh my gosh. I gotta, I gotta go on YouTube and send you a clip of the goodbye song. Um, but anyway. That was the reference I was going for. I feel like I'm about to sit down in front of my bongos <laughs> and sing the goodbye song from Out of the Box. But we're coming to the close. And for those of you who have been following our journey, especially on IG Live, you know that we like to close out our chats 
with a little game of would you rather. So Amani has our would you rather question. Lay it on me, sis. Would, would you rather? Would I rather what? Always have your name mixed up with the other black girl at the office. Or have yeah. to let people touch your natural hair every time they ask. Uh, call me Becky. Call me Mildred. Call me Chantaquetta. Like, call me whatever you need to call me. Do not. So talk to me about this answer. Why? Why would you go for that instead of the hair? First of all, we're in a panty. (laughs) Let's discuss that. I don't know where your hands have been. I don't know where your hands have been before the panty. I don't know where they've been after the panty. I don't know if you was touching literal pans in the panty. I don't know. But I don't want your hands in my hair. I remember in undergrad, I had, I think I had faux locks in my hair and I ended up taking them out and I was walking um, probably my college best friend, Sahara. I was walking her out my dorm room, I think. And we outside and my hair is like in a huge afro and there was this woman walking a poodle outside. I think the black folks in the room know where I'm going with this. And this white girl stops me and was like, oh my God, you guys are twins. Talking about me and the dog. And I said, oh, what is what we're doing outside with nothing else to do but get on my nerves and be ignorant. So no, I have a sensitive spot about touching hair. I don't want you to touch my hair. You can confuse me all that you want to because I'm going to correct you every time. You know, let us know. I I was going to say let us know in the comments. Ain't no comment section. But send us an email, a DM, something if you want to hear more about the, the bare racism that I went through at this university but when I used to put my name on stuff like we had this like cafeteria spot like it was like a cafe Mm -hmm. that you could order food right and you had to put your name on the ticket I've gotten Libra you're looking at like literally reading my name Libra Liberty somebody has called me Letitia on the mic at an event Invited me to speak. I mean, like, I already have gone through it. So I guess I'll just choose the option that I absolutely can't tolerate. I remember I had this woman when I had my locks. Um, mm-hmm. So I was in, I was coming home late from a club and I stopped at um, a Walgreens <laughs> um, on 42nd Street. And I'm just, I'm like, dang, I just really need some water. So I got water, I got snacks. And I'm in the line. And at that point, I used to put a lot of charms and trinkets in my hair. And Mm -hmm. all I feel is someone Mm -hmm. yank my head back. I can't. Like, my neck went snapped back. And when I turned, this woman was this white woman and her husband were they were behind me and he said you can't do that where's shorty from get out when you need her to say no 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 no
what do you want to shout out during this time? Let's do a shout out. Okay. I want to shout out to the dope beat producer. Yes. Job blessed for blessing us and blessing your ears with our intro and outro music. So if you want to hear more from him, he has beat tapes out on Bandcamp. If you want to hear more from Job Less, follow him on Instagram at J-V-H-B-L-E-S-S. Also, if you said to yourself after hearing this first episode, wow, what am I going to do if I can't hear Amani and Bree every single Monday? Let me tell you something, sis. Let me tell you something, bro. Let me tell you something, cousin. Let me tell you something, king and queen, them. We have the solution for you. I want you to go follow us on Instagram first. That's the first step. At the Black Community, T-H-E-B-L-K-C-O-M-M-U-N-I-T-E-A. And let's go on the record with I'm going to attempt to spell that correctly every single episode. Go follow us on Instagram and then right in our Instagram bio, you will see the link to our Patreon page. If you would like to be part of our journey, be behind the scenes, get exclusive offers, including what are some of the offers, Amani? Because we have so much that we give in the the cousins the the siblings the so we have exclusive content we have um our aggressive affirmations we have our asmr content we Mm -hmm. have discounts on the merch that we will be selling because we will be selling merch people soon come like very soon come so if you want to get in on these offers please 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 click that link in our bio and become a patron to further support us and so that we can continue to do what we love so much showing up for y'all. Additionally, we want to take the time, this is the Black community, and we want to make sure that we are emulating our name and being a Black community. So if you are a business owner, if you have a product or a service and you are a Black or Indigenous person of color, please, please, please DM us for more information on opportunities to pay for advertisement, either on our Instagram page or in the podcast episode itself. We want to make sure that we all get to eat at this table. So please, please, please make sure that you Follow us on that Instagram. Again, it's T-H-E-B-L-K-C-O-M-M-U-N-I-T-E-A for all of the updates for the Patreon link and to DM us any questions that you have about advertisements. With that being said, we just want to thank everyone who's tuned in today to our very first episode on one of the blackest days of the year, MLK Day. So we thank you all for sitting with us and listening all the way through. Thank you for your support. We are truly grateful. And just to share some love with you. We love you. We are rooting for you. We know that you are magical, that you are greatness, that you are destined to do great things. So thank you again. 